Blog Talk Radio. Namaste. You are now in the Funk Soul Cafe, a cool, hot, soulful radio show for artists, writers, and so much more, hosted by yours truly, Robert Batista. So sit back, grab a nice, warm, and soulful cup of java or chai, and listen and enjoy. Always searching for a book that will help me escape my day-to-day world, even if it's a quick escape for a few hours. In choosing my next read, I attempt to decipher the title, stare at the cover, and then read the back blurb to see what sounds intriguing. Depending on my particular mood, sometimes I'm interested in discovering a tiny piece of unknown history, traveling to a destination I have never visited or being swept up into an unlikely love affair. These are the stimulating words of today's guest, author A.K. Smith. Namaste, A.K. Smith, and welcome to the Funk Soul Cafe. Namaste, Robert, and thank you for having me. Oh, boy, it's great having you, AK. Let's first start off by taking your Java order. We have a wonderful variety of fine espressos, cappuccinos, and lattes, and we also have herbal teas for those tea lovers. So what's your fancy, AK? Huh? I'll take a chai latte with some almond milk. Wow, that sounds great. Let me get that for you. Great. And here you go. Enjoy. Thank you. A.K., welcome to the show. So, You wanted to be a published author, and you accomplished that goal with your first book. A.K., when did you get that itch? When did the itch strike you to write your first book, and what was the first thing you did to scratch that itch? Well, I've always liked to write, and I've always liked to tell stories. And when I went to college, I was actually a communications journalism major, and I did a little bit of writing. But then I was told by someone, you're never going to make money writing. (laughs) 
and I believe them. <laughs> and and I just kind of, you know, put it on the back burner and I've I've journaled for years. I have journals that go back when I was uh, 12 years old. So I've journaled for years and uh finally, you know, as time goes on, I finally decided it was actually um, when my father passed away. He he was the one write your book, do what you love to do, and that's when I decided, you know what, life is too short. And that's really what started me being serious about it. So how did you actually start? What what was the first thing you did to put those words into process? Well, the first thing I did was I became a travel writer. So I queried, you know, magazines and newspapers, and, and I started writing travel articles because I love to travel. And that was kind of my way to try to get paid a little bit of money and write. And, you know, I just didn't have enough confidence to think that I could write a whole novel. And I had a screenplay sure. started, but, you know, uh-huh. I finally, after travel writing, it gave me some confidence to write my book. <laughs> so. Yes. So let's jump right into your groundbreaking novel called A Deep Thing. Where did the seeds to the story come from, and how long did it take you to go from first draft to publication? It took me about two years. First, um, I got the seed for the idea, like you said. My husband and I, we took a romantic trip to the Mexican Riviera Maya. It's in the Yucatan down in Mexico. And I kept hearing people talk about cenotes. Do you know what a cenote is? No. Can you enlighten me? Yeah. They're they're deep underwater caves, and they're full of fresh water, and they're iridescent. They're beautiful. Um, and wow. I, I kind of captured that on my cover, but they're just beautiful. I kept hearing people talk about it in Mexico, and they're, they're all over the world in different places, but they are really prevalent in the Yucatan. And they were telling me there's like 3,000 of them on private lands. And so we actually got a taxi driver to drive us back this jungle road and, you know, there were uncommercialized dirt roads. And we went back and um, you can actually pay a few little pesos and there's these landowners that will let you go and look at the cenotes. You can dive in them, you can snorkel on them, zip line. And, you know, the first time I went, we weren't prepared for any of that, but I was just amazed by them. And I thought, why doesn't anybody talk about these? They're magical. <laughs> They're beautiful. And that's what gave me the idea for my book. I thought, if I'm going to write my first book, you know, and not some of the other ones I had in draft, I wanted to write something that no one or not many people had heard of before. And that yeah, was, yeah, that, that was makes the sense. Yeah, that, that's how it started. And then... The the book centers around, it's a suspense thriller, and it centers around a woman who loses her husband, and she finds out he had a secret life. And then that takes her down to the Yucatan, down to diving, and down to these beautiful cenotes, these caves. And so when I finished the rough draft, we actually went back there again, and I dove. I'm a new certified scuba diver, but I'm not a cave diver. But we actually dove a cenote, which is one of my biggest accomplishments in my life because I was terrified. <laughs> but we did it. Wow, that is so awesome. So speaking of your book cover, AK, your your book's cover is mesmeric and eye-catching. Did you design it yourself or have someone else do it? No, my publisher, actually, um, I talked about that I would really love to have a picture of a cenote on there. And so I had about five different 
things that I picked out to suggest to them. And that was actually one of the pictures. It wasn't even my top one, which I really love it now, but, you know, I wanted them to capture the feeling of the cenote. I pitched my novel at a writing conference, and when I went to pitch it, I actually had a picture of a cenote that I had made into a photograph because I wanted them to understand, you know, what I was talking about because a lot of people don't know what a cenote is or actually have never seen one. So let's, a lot of authors and up-and-coming authors always want to know about the publishing process. How was your book published? Did you go to an agent and get published the traditional way, or did you go independent, or, or did you self-publish? And talk about any challenges you had in the publishing process. Sure, and Robert, that was always my question. I didn't, I didn't have any friends. I didn't know any associates or colleagues that had published a book. And I would ask people, "Do you know anyone who's published a fiction book?" I would talk to people because I was trying to figure out, you know, how do I go about doing this? Um, and I actually went to a writers conference, and it was in Las Vegas. It's the Las Vegas Writers Conference. It's a wonderful conference for new writers because they only allow 150 people there. So it's a very small atmosphere, and, you know, the first time I went, my book was not finished, but it really gave me a background and to talk to people and, you know, so much information and great workshops, and I, I really enjoyed it. So then my goal was the next year, because they said, you know, in order to pitch the books, you need to have your manuscript finished, you know, that I was going to have it, not just the rough draft, but I was going to have it finished. And so that's what I did. I went right. the next year, and then I pitched my book. Um, and I pitched it directly to a small press. So the Wild Rose Press, they've been around, they celebrated their 10-year anniversary this year, and they're a small press out of New York, and they have been traditionally romance. And I had met one of the um, editors there, and I, I didn't pitch her. I met her actually outside the pitching area, and we were talking, and she said, well, why don't you pitch to me? And I said, well, it's really not a strictly romance. It's more of a suspense thriller. And she said, oh, we're doing that now. We're breaking in the mainstream. And so that's how I ended up pitching her. So then after I met her, I went in there and I pitched her my entire story. And then she asked for the manuscript at the conference um, for me to send it to her, not for that physical copy there. And as soon as I got back, I sent it to her. And within a couple of weeks, she said, you know, we'd like to offer you a contract. There's a couple of things that we did to the manuscript. I actually changed my whole point of view. So I had written it in a third person, like an omniscient looking down narrator, and I had changed it to um, a third person close. And so that was the one thing she said, do you think you would be interested in doing this, you know? And I did, and we worked on it together, and then it took about a year and a half until I could actually hold it in my hand. <laughs> so, and it just came out the end of December, so it's been out three weeks now. Talk about timing. <laughs> Wow, that, that is so great. So, you know, A.K., many authors in the beginning look to hone their craft by taking advanced courses in creative writing and or joining various writing workshops. Now, I know you said you have a degree or you studied journalism in college. Did you study or take any other professional writing courses along the way? I didn't just by attending workshops and reading. Uh, you know, I've read so many uh, books by great 
you know, literary agents and writers and, and just by taking some of those workshops, high advanced. I didn't go back and take any classes, although I would like to. I think you can always, you know, keep going back and, and I'm learning every day. One of the one of the things that I've always said when people, my friends ask me, I'm like, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I still don't know what I don't know. <laughs> I know that sounds so simple, but, you know, I've, as I learn things, I'm like, well, I didn't know that. I mean, but I didn't even realize that I didn't know that. <laughs> so there's so much room for learning, and I'm just starting out here, and I'm really enjoying the process. Well, there's a school of thought that says your first novel should be written of what you know. Uh, and there's other people who say, you know, that that doesn't have to be the case. But um, you went from writing about travel uh, to writing suspense and writing a suspenseful novel. What gave you, A.K., the confidence to to know that you can go from writing about travel to writing suspense? I don't know if I actually got the confidence. It's just what I love. I love to read suspense books. You know, I grew up reading. I can remember when I was probably like around 13 or 14, I read one of my, I don't know if it was my mother's or my sister's um, books. It was a Dean Koontz book called Whispers. And I remember feeling like I was reading a really grown-up adult book because, you know, there was pretty mature subjects in there and deep things. But I love the idea that I couldn't put it down, that I kept wanting to turn the page. And that's what I strive for. I love a book that I could block the world out and just sit there and, you know, don't interrupt me. I just want to get to the next page. <laughs> I just want to keep reading. And so that's what I wanted. I wanted someone to to feel that way if they were reading something that I was putting out there in the world. I wanted twists and turns. And what about research? Did you have to do a lot of it in preparation to writing this story, or was it not necessary? I like to research, and so I, I did a lot of research, you know, and my traveling, because we've, we've traveled so much, um, that has really added to the research. I've had a few people that have just read my book, and they said that, you know, they're going down to the Tulum area and down to the Riviera Maya, and they've checked out the resorts I've mentioned in the book. They're like, you really did your research, and you know, the name of the caves, because I used a lot of factual information in my book, right. although it's fiction. You know, a lot of the locations are real locations. The cenotes are real cenotes that I checked out. Um, there's a little bit of a Mayan legend in there, and I really researched a lot of different Mayan legends, but the one I have in there is pure fiction. I just kind of took different legends and thought what – you know, what I would have liked them to be. <laughs> Maybe that's how it is. So I'm kind of, right. Why you know, because it's fiction. <laughs> yeah. It's the only place you're allowed to do that, and no one calls you a liar. You can write whatever you want. So. <laughs> A.K., has your writing style, now that the book is out and people have, re- have read it, has your writing style been compared to other popular suspense authors? And if so, how did you feel about the comparison? Well, actually, one of my first reviews from a, a woman that's written 11 novels and has been a USA Today bestselling author, she wrote me a um, beautiful review. And I don't know that she compared me to his writing style, but she compared my story to his type of story. And she compared me to the Da Vinci Code. She called it the Da Vinci Code of the Deep. 
and the twist and turn. Uh-huh. Um, so Brown. I was really excited to see that. Yeah, but she, I don't think she compared me to Dan Brown's writing, just his storytelling and the type of story that it was. So but oh, I took okay. that as a big compliment. <laughs> so. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> that is a great one. Yeah. So, person, where did you grow up, and what was your childhood like? Well, I grew up in a very small town in Pennsylvania. It's actually called Soap, like S-O-A-P, Hollow. It's really hard to find on a map, but it's outside of Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and that's outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So it's in western Pennsylvania. And I grew up, I was the youngest of six children, so I had five wonderful brothers and sisters. If they hear this, they would be happy for me to say that. <laughs> but they they probably gave me all the ideas and creative activities and all the things I think about because I was probably going to books if I was trying to get away from them. But um, my father was, I'm a coal miner's daughter. My father was a coal miner and a steel worker. And that's what you did back in Pennsylvania. That's what was around there. And uh, my mother raised six wonderful children. And uh, I grew up, it was a small town. I went to a small high school called Connemont Township High School. I graduated with 150 people in my graduating class. So one of the things that I knew when I graduated from high school was that I wanted to see the world because I felt like I was in such a small town. Not that I didn't love it because I still love my where I'm from, but I wanted to see the world. And when I went to college, I actually went to London, and I lived in London for six months, study abroad, and that really opened my eyes. And that kind of changed my childhood because my childhood was very naive and in a very small town. And then I kind of had my eyes open thinking, there's a whole world out here, and I couldn't wait to see you know, every place that I possibly can. And so that's my goal in my life right now, to touch every continent. That's my my husband and I, and that's what we're trying to do, is make sure before we leave this wonderful world that we touch every continent, you know, talk to all types of people and understand all different types of culture and just what a diverse world we have and just all the wonderful people that are out there. Words to live by. So... What were some of the books and authors that inspired you in your youth? Well, when I was young, I read so many books. I mean, I started with uh, my brothers and sisters' books. If they had Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew or Trixie Belden, there was Judy Bloom. And, and then as I got older, I went right to the Dean Coots and the early Stephen Kings and even James Patterson and Sidney Sheldon. Um, and I read romance books because there were a lot of historical romance around the house. So I would I would really read anything that was, a, you know, I read all types of books. And I read a lot of the classics because I had classes in school where, and I really liked a lot of the classics. And I think that they all inspired me. But when I go to pick up a book, for me personally, what really excites me is, like I said, when I just can't stop turning the pages and that it takes me somewhere that I've never been to or transports me somewhere differently. And I think that's why for this first novel, I wanted to pick the Yucatan in Mexico. Um, and it also takes a little bit uh, in Maryland and Pennsylvania where I've lived both and a little bit in Arizona. So I've used a lot of the locations I've lived in the background. Sydney Sheldon. <laughs> uh, I, I know. Sydney Sheldon. Yeah, I'm reading a Sidney Sheldon book right now. <laughs> really? What oh, book man, are you reading? I love his book. 
master of the game. I love his oh. books. They're page turners. You know, if you just want to just escape, <laughs> if you just want to escape, you know, you just read a, a Sidney Sheldon book. I mean, uh, they're, they're, they're just so good. Um, so, AK, I, I am curious. I am curious to know how you go about the process of bringing your books to creation. Do you make outlines for chapters or sections of your manuscript before you write, or do you just let it free flow? Well, ironically, a deep thing, I just did one piece of paper. I have it to this day. I wrote Act 1, Act 2, and Act 3 on one piece of paper. And I just wrote, I just wanted to get the idea where I was going. And I didn't really outline it. But I've finished another book um, that I'm actually trying to get published um, called Suicide. And I actually read a book, you know, your rough draft in 30 days. And I outlined the entire thing. And now I'm working on a third book. And I think the outlining, a loose outline works best for me. I just didn't know that at the time when I started a deep thing. But when I outline now, I actually take pictures from the Internet. I kind of look at my characters. I write the character sketches. And, you know, it's it's more than one page. <laughs> it's almost by chapter. Um, not that I'll stick to it because I might not stick to it, but at least it gives me a path on where to go. And right. my characters might, yeah, they might dictate other things. But at least I have the beginning and the middle and the end. And, and I think with suspense, that really helps me in that way because I kind of know when the black moment's going to happen and I know when, you know, in the next black moment, and, you know, does it get worse yet? It does, you know. So I kind of need to outline that so I can see the path. Yeah, that makes sense. So I see you are also the author of a blog, as you mentioned earlier, called World Travel, WordsTravelFilm.com. What's this blog about technically, and how long has it been in existence? Well, I just started my blog in 2016. Um, so, of course, I'm always looking for subscribers at the Words Travel Film, but it's the three things I love most. I love books, I love to travel, and I love movies. I love TV, movies, you know, streaming videos, Netflix. And so I wanted a place where someone can go and they can get a book review. They can get an off-the-path destination to go travel to, or they can find out what to watch this weekend, whether they want a date movie or they want a family movie or they want a horror <laughs> movie. You know, and so that's Covering how it started. <laughs> yeah, and I only and I only – send out three, you know, I, I probably do three posts a month, so it's not overwhelming, but um, it's a great place to do a lot of my travel articles, too. If they're published somewhere else, then I'll put them on my travel blog as well. And I love travel writing. I have a, a travel book out there. It's actually under my real name, which is Anita Ball. It's called Travel Secrets. Um, and I have the revised edition coming out the end of this month. So it, it needed to be updated. It was the first thing I ever did, which I self-published that. I just kind of wanted to learn. I learned by doing. <laughs> so my first book, that's what I did. I'm like, well, let me try to publish a travel book. And, and that's how I, I learned the ins and outs, or I tried to. <laughs> so, How does writing about travel connect and coincide with your also being a writer of fiction? Well, 
you know, I think a good fiction story, one that I love to read, has a great setting and has an interesting place. And like this third book that I'm working on, it takes place in the island of Saba. I don't know if you ever heard of the island of Saba, but it's in the S-A-B-A. middle of the Caribbean. S-A-B-A. Mm-hmm. It is a fantastic island. It, it is only 1,200 people live there, and there's a medical school on the island. And so, of course, when I visited wow. there, I'm a hiker. We hiked there. I, my mind was going crazy. I'm like, oh, I could write a great novel that takes place here. And it's a beautiful island, um, and uh, it's really a worthwhile visit. In fact, there's a book, A Thousand Places to See Before You Die, and it's in that book, and I agree. It is a place to see. It is, And there's great diving there, too, but... It is really a, a neat community. No stoplights. You know, you can't rent a car. The people will pick you up and give you a ride. Uh, friendly community. And they're really into their wow. heritage and where they came from. Yeah, it's called The Unspoiled Queen. And it was founded actually in the, I think, the 1700s. I think on my shirt it says the 1800s. But, you know, it was founded by people that loved ships. And I can imagine what they saw when they first came upon it because it's a rock island. It was used in the beginning of King Kong called Skull Island, if you ever remember King Kong, a big rock island. Oh, okay. Saba. Now, now yeah. it comes back to me. Right, right. The Kong yeah. Island. That was Saba? That was Saba, the aerial. So it looks like this big yeah. cylinder rock coming out of the ocean. <laughs> so. Wow. That is, that is, wow. Wow, that's some information. That is great to know. So, A.K., I know you have traveled to many different parts of the world, as you stated. Is there any one place that you've been to that stands out above the rest? And if there is, can you tell us why? And it might, you might have already answered the question. Is Faber that place? You know, Saba is right up there. It's, all, it's like when someone asks you, what's your favorite book? I, you know, I'm like, can I have five? So, you know, it's really hard. I really love this. I love planet Earth. I think there are so many great places to see. So it's hard to, but Saba sticks out in my mind just because only 1,200 people live there. And, you know, they didn't even have a road that connected the three towns until the 1970s. And it just, it was just amazing to me. Let's talk about what I call the 800 pound gorilla in the room. And that is marketing. So many authors spend so much time writing and publishing their book but have no clue on how and what it entails to market it. How do you handle the publicizing and marketing of your book, AK? I know. It is a big gorilla because I would like someone to give me a book that had a step-by-step guide, (laughs) which I might actually write that book, but I just don't think that there is a step-by-step. I think there's so much information out there. But, you know, having a, being on a radio show like this and doing a podcast, I think that's so great for authors and, you know, promoting their books. I've done a couple book signings that I've had great support in my hometown, my little hometown. I had so many people come out to support me. My cheeks hurt from smiling all night. And um, getting the word out, you know, writing a blog and posting on social media and Twitter. I'm still not sure how that, if that really works, but I'm trying it all. So I'm trying to get it out there to the world and uh, trying to diversify. I'm working with a little promoter in uh, in Ireland, just trying to get it out there in different parts. And, you know, I just had a review from a guy in the U.K. and a guy from Bali on Amazon, and I was so thrilled to see that somebody from other countries actually 
ordered my book and read it. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty great feeling. So. Oh, there's nothing greater than that. You're right. So, AK, every writer has his or her own special way of working the magic. Some authors can pull out a pen or laptop and write anywhere, anytime, but others need a special time and place to be creative. Which one are you? Well, I wish I could say that I could write anywhere, and I hope to get there. <laughs> but right now I have an office at our home, and, you know, I sit down like I'm going to a, you know, the days that I'm here, I sit down like I'm going to a job and I sit in front of the computer and that's my space. That's where I feel that I can put my, you know, on the computer. But when I'm not there, I'm always making notes and I use my phone a lot so I can email it to myself. You know, there's a great free app called Dragon App where you can talk into it or even the pages. I can write things in it when I'm on a plane and then I can email myself that and then I gather them all together. But the actual writing is actually done at my desk. It makes me, I don't know, it's from the days of corporate America. It just makes me feel like I'm at work and I can get rid of all the other distractions. Let's talk social media. I see that you are on some of the social media sites such as Twitter and Goodreads and such. Of the social media platforms, which one do you feel is the most beneficial for your brand and which, in your estimation, is the best for authors? Or does each platform offer its own special competitions? You know, because I'm so new and my book's only been out three weeks, but I really think Goodreads is just an excellent place for authors. Um, I did a Goodreads giveaway and I had about 1,500 people sign up for my book. I don't know how I would have ever had that opportunity to have somebody read my blurb and look at my book, you know, and sign up for it. Um, so I think Goodreads, I've joined a couple groups and, and talking to different people and reviews, I, and they're all readers. I mean, working, it's like, I don't know what it is, 75 million people on Goodreads, but you have such a target audience that I really find Goodreads beneficial, and I'd recommend that to anyone to look into it if they're, you know, starting with their book. And then Amazon, of course, and making sure they have an Amazon author page. And if they have a blog, they connect it to there, you know, so they can, it's always new content because my blog feeds right into Amazon and Goodreads. And so every time I make a blog post, it actually goes and, you know, updates that. And so there's always something new. So those two would be my, my top two, it would be Amazon using everything you can on there, and Goodreads. There is a major school of thought that feels in order to be a good writer, you have to be an extensive reader. Do you agree? I do agree. I don't think that, I'm sure there are many people who just have all the ideas in their mind and want to get them out, and they might not have time to read. And So I don't believe that they're not a good writer, but I believe if you're really trying to hone your craft and you're really trying to understand what's out there and what's popular and what people enjoy reading, you know, and, and genres, if you're a genre writer, you want to know a little bit, you know, you might have this great idea and then you read the book and it was your idea. It's happened to me. <laughs> I read a book and I'm like, well, that was one of my ideas. So I think you have to read I mean, I, I don't think it's the end all. There's certainly people that can probably get away without doing that, but 
I, I try to read as much as I can in my genres, outside my genres, and uh, and I love to read. So, in closing, as a debut fiction author, what advice do you have for new authors? Is there anything you learn from the journey that you wish you knew before you start? There is so much I have learned before the journey <laughs> that I wish I knew. I can tell you that could be a book too, but I guess my my <laughs> one advice, yeah, my one advice would be because I didn't know any authors and now I do. I've joined a, you know, a writers group. I went to writers conference. Um I just think that like-minded people surrounding yourself with like-minded people is really an opportunity. And if you want to know where to begin, there's so many that want to help. I mean, I think that pay it forward, you know, relates to all walks of life. But in writing, right. I mean, I am so willing to pay it forward to people. And like, and you as well as you're doing this talk radio show, I just think that surround yourself and, and go to some conferences. And, and I know they're expensive, but, you know, I think that, you know, pick one or pick a smaller one and talk to as many people as you can. That would be my advice because you're going to learn so much in that three-day conference that you wouldn't be able to pick up from reading books and looking at the Internet. And you get to talk to real live people, <laughs> which I think is, you know, missing sometimes in all this world of technology. I've been doing this show and the other sister show, The Funky Writer, uh, for since 2008. And one of my first shows was the author of Pay It Forward. And boy, was that a oh, cool. Uh, I, I, I still remember that show. Um, but, but you're right. It, that is so true. And what great advice you gave. So what's next for A.K. Smith? What other irons do you have in the fire coming up? Well, I'm excited to get my travel, my revised travel book out and if any of your listeners sign up for my blog, I will send them a free ebook of my travel book. comes out at the end of the month. And okay. I'm ready to go and, and get my other books published. I have my young adult called Suicide, and I'm looking for an agent because my publisher doesn't do young adult. And so I would love to get that out there, and I want to just keep writing. That's what's next. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, contact information, can you give out your Twitter handle, uh, your website again, and any other way you'd like people to contact you? Yes, certainly. My Twitter Twitter handle is at AKSmithBook, and if they go to either www.wordstravelfilm.com or www.aksmithauthor.com. They can email me. They can contact me. And so either of those, I'll respond to any tweets, so I'll respond to an email. And I'd be glad to, you know, answer questions. If somebody's a debut author and they want to ask some questions, I would be glad to answer them back. There are so many people that have done that for me. This has been the Funk Soul Cafe with me, Robert Batista. One of the easiest ways to peer into my soul is to download and read a free micro story called My Baby Has No Name from Smashwords.com. My guest has been the author 
and travel blogger A.K. Smith and her dynamic hot boiling novel is called A Deep Thing. Make sure you get your copy today. Thank you so much, Anita, for being my guest on the Funk Soul Cafe. Thank you, Robert. It was wonderful. Have a great evening. You too. You have a great evening. Thanks for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. It was fine. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night.